Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston. Tonight, I'm joined by the Kevin to my my Michael Bacon. How are you tonight, man? Dude, that's good. I was going to wonder if you were going to throw in the little Kevin Bacon aspect to this show because just let our entire 4 million audience viewers listen to, I just got done going to a Kevin Bacon concert. I know everybody is jealous. I actually was wondering and I asked, is his groupies called the Bacon Bits? I guess so. Is that what they would be called? Yeah. Like if you're a Kevin Bacon fan, you're a bit. Or you're, you're a bacon a, bit. Or you're a, uh, a pig belly. <laughs> a pig belly? What would a pig belly be? Well, that's what bacon is. It's that the belly a, of the pig. Well, I don't know why you would call that. That just sounds like a restaurant you go to. Dude, bacon bit is so much better it's than good. that. It's good. What's your favorite Kevin Bacon? I don't... Oh, wait, wait. Because songs, I have no idea. By the way, I didn't even know that he was in yeah, a band. I had no idea the moment I went to the show. Just like you even looked it up earlier. I thought it was a big lie when somebody said, Hey, Taylor, you want to well, go to the Kevin Bacon so what's, show? What's your what's your favorite Kevin Bacon role then? Because okay. I, I can't name the, one at all whatsoever. No, no, no. The cliche is Footloose. But I'm going to say X-Men, First Class, Sebastian Shaw. He was fantastic. I loved every single second the man was in the movie. He was a perfect villain. Gotcha. I never saw that. You know what do you mean you never you know, saw? What do you even watch? Oh, that's right. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, well, it's a classic. Uh, the one thing that's good about Kevin Bacon is he's in NHL 2002. Wait, what? Yeah, like he's in the game. Like I guess he As knew what? I don't know. He knew some NHL. They put him in the game. He's like an eighty-two <laughs> overall. <laughs> like who is this guy? This is disgusting. He shouldn't. You be play in this with game. him all the time. Stop no, lying. I was just always so mad. Now I played with the the Buffalo Sabers, and it was Michael Pekka, Chris Gradin, Miroslav Zatan, and Dominic Kashuk as the goalie. And they had those like really cool like black and red jerseys then. I'm gonna laugh so hard if I ever go into like your room and you just have a a bacon jersey and it just has some random number and I go, Who's that? Like oh, a, he's my favorite player. You just don't know him. His name is Joe Bacon. Yeah. It's, it's not Kevin Bacon, it's Joe Bacon. Well, it'd be like the All Star game or something, like the Western Conference All Stars from two thousand two. <laughs> and it's a Kevin Bacon jersey. Oh, now, love right, it so much. Top video game teams of all time. You ready? Uh O two Buffalo Sabres. The 05 Texas Rangers. The How'd you even know this? The 2010 Madden Tennessee Titans, of course. Oh, yes. And Chris Johnson, I will say I will tip my hat to that one. I really never liked it. I never really had a team in 2K at all. But uh, but the Michael Jordan one was a little bit cheap because you would just play with Michael Jordan yeah, and you would win. Do. I would always remember that. You could be the best team and I will only shoot with Jordan and I will go 53 out of 58. Yeah. I like playing with the Knicks actually. I played the Knicks in, like NBA two K nine just because That's you, right. You like you, you sign Carmelo and you take Amari. Yeah, that was kinda of fun. But that was before That's when Carmelo the Knicks were good. Home. Yeah, that one season. And they had Amari and Gallinari, and then you're able to get Carmel on that team. They're pretty By good. By the way, are we even allowed to talk about basketball right now? Houston's kind of in turmoil because they're ruining the relationship with China, a bunch of SOBs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, all everybody cares about is their money. I know, and it's so weird. Um, a reporter earlier, I think it was today, she asked a question to Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden, and they immediately, it was an NBA individual standing behind them, says, can't ask that. Go away. Yeah. They immediately pulled the microphone from her. I go, that's hardcore. Yeah. I never not talk about free speech only if we like it in the NBA. Yeah. And then that was with the Houston guys. 
Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it. Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. It's just how weird, though, that this is, like, really happening right now. I mean, really, it's just kind of like nobody cares about anything except for the money that they make. Like, there's no, like, there's no social justice in the NBA. Exactly. There's no social justice in businesses. You're ruining a market right now. Cut it out. Even the corporations, the only reason why they market like this is because it's profitable. I because agree, man. It's in right now. It's all it is. It's all about. It's all about making your money. Is all they care about. That's in, the NBA season is going to be interesting because that China thing. Apparently, man, a lot of them I pulled out. NBA season is going to be interesting because that's a relationship yeah. they really don't want to blow. Well, even like the NFL too. Like, I wonder how much of that whole Kaepernick thing was even just not even the owners but the sponsors as well. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to deal with anything that may hurt a bottom line at all. Like if you're your Gatorade, for example, or if you're. I don't know. Levi Strauss or something, you know. Reebok. Yeah, what would Re- else be in that area? Nike. I know Nike signed that deal, made their own shoes with them after the fact, but like at the time though, it's like we don't want to have anything her bomb line during the season or ad revenue or whatever. I would only want to make a deal to be an anime character because that's what I want to do. Okay. Yeah. I just want to see myself as a cartoon version. Like Whooping ass. I like it. Hell yeah. Um yeah, so we're gonna talk about five games tonight. We're gonna talk about Houston, Kansas City. Tampa Bay, Carolina, in the UK. We're going to talk about the Rams, I wanted you to have an accent so bad. In the UK. We're going to do this in the UK right now. Uh, Philly, Minnesota, and Detroit, Green Bay. And so before then, I do want to say Cincinnati versus Arizona won the greatest <laughs> games of all time last week. <laughs> okay, weekend. here we go. Five field goals inside the 10-yard line. That was One bad, field goal though. inside the 15-yard line. You can't be excited about that. The Bengals kept trying to run the ball. They couldn't run the ball at all. Then it's like Dalton throws two touchdowns in a row to tie it. Kyle Murray, is, Kyle, Kyle Murray gets the ball. The Scrambles, rocket once again blows in up. The, in field goal range. Kicks it. I think it was a 31-yard field goal to win that game. And there's like so many penalties. Uh and like all the players are upset by all the penalties. The Cardinals ran a wide receiver pass at Fitzgerald. He threw it back to Murray, picked up seven yards. Like it was just beautiful. It was like perfect, awful football. And it was a great game. And it was my my favorite game so far this year. At least their kicker can hit a 30-yarder, am I well, right? Well, Zane missed a 30-yarder. Oh, good. I'm glad that made, everybody's on the same page. Though. Oh, you know what mine does? Not makes it when it counts. Yeah. God, I'm so tired of the football. Uh, what am I even doing here? But Washington and Miami play this weekend, though. Ooh. I may have to watch it. And here's my thing. Do you think Gruden wanted to be fired, and that's why he didn't start Hashkins, and instead he started McCoy? No. That was such a... Yeah, it's because it's the right decision. Hashkins so you think that bad. he just doesn't want to yeah. kill him? Yeah. Oh, wait. You think that Hashkins is bad, not that he's even I, trying to protect was, him for the he future. He was bad when he came in, and like he was bad in the preseason, and like he needs some time. Like I don't know yeah, why you know you're going to get with Cole McCoy, right though. That's the whole problem. Yeah, but, but it's Stu. Try, don't hurt his development. Here's my point to you, though. It's the exact same thing with New York last year with pulling Eli and starting Geno Smith. You know what you're going to get out of the guy. This is pointless. Yeah. I'm going to fire you. It's the same thing with well, think, Washington think, and Cole McCoy. I, I think the difference is that was McAdoo's like, I'm not winning games because Eli's bad. And he tried to prove a point that Eli's bad was the difference between the two. But like, this is like... You're Just to let you know, that point has been proven. Yeah. Because Daniel Jones... I'm sorry. Danny Dimes is the true savior. He was kind of bad tonight, though, again. He was kind of bad last week. The man is putting on a show to where the team believes it. And by the way, he was bad. The fourth quarter, they were still down by seven. Yeah, sure, I mean, whatever the score is now, whatever. But down by seven going into the fourth, guess what? I mean, Danny Dimes. Five defense, all that. Yeah. But, yeah. But, well, it's I mean, New like, England. Haskins isn't ready, though, you know? And so, like, don't try push him. Don't put him out there before he's ready and screw up his confidence and break him. You know, give him, put him, wait a year. It's okay to let but, quarterback sit for a bit. 
I, I think it's I, dumb to throw these guys out there before they're ready. I'm I'm with you, but here's my issue. If you're if I'm drafting a guy in the first round, I have to play you. I'm sorry, but that's what I believe you should, in. You don't have to though. But I do because I am wasting reason, a first round pick. If I'm a first round guy to me is a guy that's ready to go and play in the NFL the moment day one begins. That's a first round pick to me. And that's where I feel like with the Washington Redskins, I get what you're saying. Trust me, I do. I just if I if you're a first round man, you gotta be ready. That's where I'm at. You don't think that? You think no. that if you're first round, I can sit you, I can wait, I can be patient? Yeah, I think you should. The Come only on. argument against it, though, is the fact that if you have a top five pick next year, it's like, okay, I can draft Tua, for example. Do I want and then you're Then you end up in the Josh Rosen situation where it's like, well, I can just trade him you know, for a second round pick or whatever and call it sunk cost and be gone with it and not really know at all what you have with them. So like, you want to know whenever you have a top five pick or a top ten pick or whatever and kind of decide, am I going to try to build around and put a good situation for this quarterback or if I'm going to uh, go the opposite direction. And also, too, like there's going to be a lot of like competent veteran quarterbacks available next year. By the way, the teams keep going younger and younger, and so it's like, what do you do with these third-year-old guys? Like, what do you do with Dalton next year? This is this is actually a good poll. I want to know what the audience thinks on this one. Where if you draft a guy first round, is he expected to start? Like, I think that is like perfect to where I want people's opinions because for me and you are so opposite. Where if you are there, you have to play. I think. I mean, I think more than anything is a situation by situation thing. Like, I wanted Deshaun Watson to start right away whenever he was drafted because. Tom Savage is awful. We know he's awful. And then it's also a team that's talented and could win right away. And so you have a different like life cycle. And Washington's not a team that's going to win right away. It's a bad football team. I they agree. They have an old secondary. They're, they have an old offensive line. Nobody wants to play there at all. And so like, you're going to be bad even if Haskins is out there or not. So why you put him in an uncomfortable situation? Because he has to be put out there eventually. What are you going to sure. say? Because here's my thing to you. Do you really think that Washington is going to improve tremendously next year to where you're going to feel comfortable with starting him? Absolutely well, not. Whole, it goes back to your point. I don't know because you have a whole offseason, though. But, but it goes back to your point. Is, Schneider's not going to spend a damn penny on anything. He spends money. He just spends money in a stupid but way. But nobody wants to go there. Well, yeah. He yeah. has to pay so, for guys who nobody wants to go there. But that's my point to you, which is what you just said. If nobody wants to go there, no matter what, you're just stuck I mean, you just in this crappy situation. Well. So you're going to have to throw him out no matter what. Well, I mean, what I would do is go I would, would play Haskins. And then next year, I would trade down the draft. Get, and get know, another get, quarterback? No, trade down, get extra picks, and then draft it, offense, draft a, another offensive tackle, or draft whatever it is you need to draft. It's so far on the future, but I would trade down and then give him a year to stew, and then put it, and then spend all next year being like, we're gonna put him in the best situation possible we can, see what we have with him, and then if he's bad, you're gonna be bad again. Then you can just draft a quarterback and. 21 or whatever who cares selling the up. plans the plans burning up anyways it doesn't matter they're gonna have to draft a running back oh that's in like the fourth round because you don't need to draft a running back yeah but the thing is guys i like the man but seriously can't stay healthy yeah. to save his life well it's ridiculous. You, you can always draft running let's get backs. away from washington washington's gross yeah um the last thing i want to bring up to you before we get going here so i did have power rankings Ooh. so these are the contenders i have Okay. I don't want to go through like the the borders, the media. I'm gonna poke house. a hole in them, so go ahead. Yeah, so these are eight teams or whatever, because I do uh, four groups of eight teams. So I have I like that the Rams eight, Baltimore seven, Seattle six, New Orleans five, Philly four, Green Bay three, KC two, and New England one. I'm already tired of your list. Here, here's my thing, <laughs> uh, and it's this easy. Baltimore is a real deal. 
the big phonies are the only teams that can win against bad teams. Cleveland, Dallas, Jacksonville, list goes on. Cleveland beat Baltimore. What are, yeah. what are we saying here? That Baltimore, Baltimore laid down and showed their tummy against Cleveland, and yet I'm supposed to buy into Baltimore? I get what you're saying, but this is a lot of lists that I've seen that all of a sudden the Ravens are the top-tier team where, oh, they're going to be in the playoffs where everybody else is just fighting and everybody else is phonies underneath them. This is BS to me, my man, and that's just because Cleveland and Dallas are the same teams to me. I have no idea what the hell either one of those teams are. Yeah, it's a question that, mark. Exactly put a question though. mark over them. You don't put them below, especially Baltimore. Cleveland whooped Baltimore. Matt, they it wasn't even close. They broke, yeah, they broke big runs in the fourth quarter. The in, the in score wasn't close, but it was close for 50 minutes. Chubb said, I'm going to get fat yeah, with how much quarter. I'm going to eat against the Baltimore yeah, the Ravens. Fourth, no, it was the fourth quarter he broke that big run. It, it still, dude, they yeah, destroyed I, them, man. I get what you're no, saying. No, they didn't destroy them. The end result, Whoa. the last score shows that. It was never close. So it, was yeah, the same. it was close until the fourth quarter. Man, that's like me saying that he, the and Dallas and the, the Green Bay qu- game was close. You just said it was never close. It was it w- close until the fourth quarter. But I don't think it was These even. Are two different here, here's my thing. Here's my thing on why I'm saying it's not close before you get defensive with me, damn it. Because it was close. It's all about chasing. It's the same thing with Dallas. I was chasing the entire time to Aaron Rodgers. That's not close. The end thing may show that at one being point down, I was close. Being down close. by three scores is different than being down by ten for the majority of that game. But that's the that point. That was a close that's game. Still until two. It was a close game until the fourth quarter, and three they and broke two that big are the run, same thing. One score is what I consider close, and I get it which, was one score for like half the game. That was a close game, but it was away. still playing catch up, which is what I've actually always said about Lamar Jackson. By the way, where they are going to struggle because they are such a running team where Baltimore is then going to have to play catch-up, and I just don't think they can because then he has to force the ball. Which, going back to the main point here, screw Dallas. And Dak Prescott is no better than what Lamar Jackson has shown. Just going to throw that out there. I'm so angry with my team. Yeah. Go on. Uh, and that, I don't know. I think Seattle's really good. I think Philly's really good. Like the whole NFC does make sense. Like those four teams that you can put anywhere. I think you can put Seattle, New Orleans, Philly, and Green Bay anywhere. Seattle could be one and three for God's sake. Yeah. I am not buying into Seattle still. I love Seattle, and I'm just like going against what my pick was. But still, but that whole cluster, I think you can put them anywhere. But it's because people are like just hating on Dallas so hard, and yet they're praising Seattle when it could be a flip of a coin, and Seattle is ex- is worse than Dallas. I, it's so frustrating to watch. Yeah, Russell Wilson, the magician. Yeah, he's awesome. Troy Aikman well, used I mean, that, by the way. They beat Arizona. They, they, they beat up on Arizona. They beat Los Angeles by a coin flip. Um, they beat Cincinnati in a by close a coin game, flip. but they kind of pulled it off in the end. I like, think that game was like once they Steelers by defense, coin flip. The Steelers game was a coin flip, but that was Roethlisberger, and he was in. You know, I don't know. I didn't have been better than that though. And Russell Wilson's like the second best quarterback in football, and they're only gonna get better too because Jerome Reed's coming back next week. Ezekiel Ansah hasn't got going. Like their pass rush is about to get like brutal. Like they're gonna win games because their pass rush probably here in like three weeks or so. All right, we're talking about Russell Wilson, but we need to jump into the games here because I want to talk about the Texans yeah. real quick here. Yeah. Why don't you jump in here? Well, let's get going. So let's start the show. Do, do, do. <laughs> so the first game we have here is the Houston Texans going to Kansas City to play the, the Chiefs, of course. The Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, the Chiefs lost last week to Indianapolis. They, the Colts played the exact type of game they should have played in the divisional round last year, but they fell behind 14-0. They like, kept trying to throw the ball in third and two. And first and ten, and uh, they had all those bad punts, and they felt you know they fell behind. And it's like okay, Lux having to throw the ball a bunch. 
against a team that had a pretty good pass rush, pretty good cornerbacks, whenever they couldn't do it their best at, which is run the ball, and the Chiefs have a really bad run defense. Um, the Chiefs' like run defense, they went from 32nd DVOA last year to 30th this year. They went from giving up 5 yards a carry to 5.3 yards a carry. And the Colts just kind of, I mean, they mauled them throughout that game, and they got a lead early, and they were able to sit back and run the ball. And they played like exactly how you have to beat Kansas City. Um, and so I think this, these, are, these are the ways that have to beat Kansas City. Are you ready for it? Ooh, I am so ready. Give them to me. You got to tackle well. Ooh. You got to play the ball. No way. Especially like whenever their receivers set the catch point, like you can play the ball against them. They don't like, they don't devour it. And they also fumble a lot too. Yeah. Um, you have to win the turnover battle. I love turnovers. You have to survive like the Patrick Mahomes onslaught because he's going to score points. Kind of. Like it's going to happen. Like we saw that New England last year. Maybe. New England ran the ball, I think, 50 times for 250 yards. And then it's like, oh, here's 17 points in five and a half minutes. And now we're in overtime. So you have to survive that. You have to have a lead. And you have to tackle really well. And like, I just don't know if Houston can play that game against Kansas City. Like, I don't, I don't know if they can play the same game Indianapolis played. And then they're going to play shootout against them. But you don't want to play shootout against Kansas City because they're better than you at that. Like, if it becomes passing offense versus passing offense, Kansas City's just better than everybody at that. That's what they're best at doing. And I think that's how Houston has to win this game. And I don't, I can't see them winning like that. I can't see them going all based around offensive line, based around running the ball, uh, and then based around playing like that on the, on the defensive backside. Because, like, you know, their secondary has, I think, been, um, they've been able to, like, play well against teams that just haven't made enough sense as far as taking advantage of some of the matchups they have back there. Like, the one team that did the best job doing that was Los Angeles, and they had some fumbles and some big plays that they kind of they screwed, screwed them up in that game. You down with your whole little spiel right there? Because all I want to say is, you're wrong with everything you just said. This is why. So, when it comes to the Texans versus the well, Chiefs... Well, how do you beat the Chiefs, then, if I'm wrong with everything I just said? Because I feel like that Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans are going to be able to win a shootout against this team. And it's because last game showed me this. Patrick Mahomes, and this is where I am jumping on the bandwagon at the same time. Patrick Mahomes was a warrior last game against the Indianapolis Colts. He was banged up where all the Indianapolis Colts did. They went after him. That Chiefs offensive line could not stand a chance. And I think J.J. is going to be able to get some pressure. I think Merciless is going to have some sword fights going. In the end, though, he was rattled. But what I loved about Patrick Mahomes is, is what I have not seen from Dak Prescott. It was the moment Patrick Mahomes was sacked and he was limping, he was yelling at his offensive yeah. line. I loved watching that where he was like, what the hell are you doing right well, now? They, you can protect me. And I that was a stun, that. that was a stun that they missed. Yeah. And so uh, Jake Fisher's out, or Eric Fisher, my mistake. Jake Fisher's like a four-string tight end. Eric Fisher's out. He has a groin injury. Cam Irving's the one who's replaced him. He's been bad this year. And like, that left tackle is a spot where you can beat Kansas City at. I think they're going to rush Watt against that spot, even though they predominantly have him on the That's right what I'm side. That's saying. Which is against Mitchell Schwartz. Um, and then their interior hasn't been as good since they lost uh, Mitch Morse last year, too. If Patrick Mahomes cannot move in the pocket, then you have him. And that's what it's coming down to, and that's what the Indianapolis Colts showed him. Sure, he was banged up, and also, if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, they're struggling. He was throwing to a man named Pringles, Matt. 
His hey, name was Pringle, Pringle and he had Lions, great catches. Too. The man scored a touchdown. He was okay I'm not against the Lions, too. But Patrick Mahomes also missed Nard Robinson on a deep pass where if that was – here's the thing. I say that he missed him, but if it's Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill makes that catch because he's faster than any other human being yeah. alive. It's just he really was dependent on the Pringle man, and it just – it didn't work out, but I also love that Patrick Mahomes, there was no quitting with him. There was no slumping with the head down, which is what I saw out of my stupid-ass team last week. Patrick Mahomes was yelling at his line. I love seeing that because even though the man was banged up, they still got away from the run, and they were only down by three points. But and it's because they were so upset and, with and LaShawn not, McCoy fumbling, also, though. Yeah, they, he's fumbled a bunch this year. I know, but, also, but it's like, still like the they Chiefs, gave it up on it so fast. But the Chiefs' run game isn't that good, though. They 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 throw the ball to run the ball is the thing. But they couldn't mix it up. That was the Matt, the moment that he went out there, especially in the second half, he would just throw four passes immediately. Yeah. And if it wasn't a first down, they're off the field. And that was the main difference where I get what you're saying and I agree but the the run game was still getting them five yards it was still getting them something where they can work with where in this game against the Colts they had nothing to work with unless Patrick Mahomes made a miraculous throw yeah and by the way he couldn't do it because the ankle bothered him yeah well I mean the mobility is a big point because I think Houston can get a pass rush but it's really gonna be like where they line Watt up because Merciless isn't like a disruptive pass rusher where he's constantly in pressure, except the Jacksonville game. He's a guy who makes big plays. So it's like, oh, the pocket collapses. He comes behind the quarterback, strip sacks him, gets the ball. Like that's how his game has been. It's been like you know based around like three plays a game or so, and you can't block him with a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back. And so it really kind of comes down to what. And like Mahomes not having that mobility, I think is gonna be very vital in this game too. Um, I would like to see him rush against Irving. I think that's the best chance they have for him to create pressure. But that's where they've that's where they've rushed Merciless at throughout the season too. And like they don't like it's hard to run the ball against Houston. What you can take advantage of against Houston is Jonathan Joseph, Lonnie Johnson. Darby's been pretty good in the slot. Um, I assume Tayshawn Gibson's gonna cover Travis Kelsey, but like that's a big mismatch there too. And uh, like if even if they you want to play man coverage against Kansas City. Because like, he plays zone, they pass block well enough, and Mahomes finds the holes in it. And Reed is so good at drawing up route combinations to take advantage of like pretty much any zone coverage out there. And so you want to play man, but Houston doesn't have the ability to play man on the back end. So I really think this game just comes down to like how good is Watt going to be this game? How good is Merciless going to be? How good is Reader's going to be? Just from a rushing the passer perspective. And then that's just even like, if it's really good, then they can hold the Chiefs to what, 30 points? And then you have to score 34 points to beat them. I think that's the stage set up for if Houston goes the whole shootout route. All right, so here's my thing with you and your stats guy at the same time. So I'm going to ask you two different questions here, and you're going to hate them both, which is what I love. So the first one, who's the best player on the Kansas City uh, Chiefs defense? The best player? Best player. Chris Jones. Stop it. I want you to say it. I want you to say it to me. Matt, who's the best player? Chris Jones. Who's your best player? Say it to me. Chris Jones. He's the man that blocked you. Uh, come on, it's the honey Matthews, not their it's best see, player. There it is. It's the honey badger, baby. Yeah, one, and that's he the, that's is it. their best no, player. He's not. No, he's not. Matt. We're, no, even, we're not Matthew, gonna, this see, this we can do such, this. I love doing this. This is the first one that bothered you. Hold on. Waste of time. Hold on. This is the first one that bothered you. I have number two. Because we're wasting time. Let me let me get because number two. Because what's important in this game, though, is that Chris Jones is hurt with a groin injury. He's going to play this game. And he's like J.J. Watt good. I don't understand why you're yelling at me right now. I just have a number two point here. I need you to also admit that you were wrong about the Tunzel trade. 
Uh, not just yet. Come on, Matt. I get what you're saying. Come on. Because it's worked out for this year. Yeah, yeah. I want you to get this all out. I need you to explain to me how you're not wrong because I'm not going to beat you down because you know more about the Texas than me, obviously. I'm just saying... Come on, dude. Then, really? Okay. Well, the first thing is Chris Jones is the best player in Kansas City's defense. Okay. Well, and he's not, out well, this yeah, year. yeah. You want to ever he's, admit the Tyron Matthew thing? I get that. He's like JJ Watt level good in the interior. Dude, Honey Badger's in your and dreams. And him not being there is important. Like the only thing I hope that happens in this game is they beat Tyron Matthew deep once. Yeah. yeah. That, like, <laughs> See, this is all care. personal. I don't care. They <laughs> I lose got it you. All. But like, no, like not even a personal thing. Chris Jones is the best player in this defense. It's not close. There's a little. And bit arguing personal. about it's a waste of time. The Tunsil <laughs> thing though is that yeah, yeah the trade has worked out for this year. But what do oh, you do next year on. when you have $75 million in cap space what? and you have to pay for Tunsil, you have to pay for Watson, you have That's to pay for Merciless, you're me right now? you have to pay for DJ Reader, and you have to pay for JJ Watt. You're what are you going to do next in the future? Year's the problem? Come the, on. Really, I'm talking about this year during I know, the season. But again, that's the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, it's worked out great for this year, but it's not a trade where they gave up assets for this year. It's a trade where they gave up assets for next year and the year after. But of course, of course, they gave up nothing for Laramie Tunsil for this season. Of course, it's a great trade for this season. That's the whole. They gave up point, zero. Though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna argue. Because here's the that. thing, though, and this is why you can get all defensive as you want with me, but this is why I actually bring it up to you. So you're trying to tell me that you really don't believe that the Texans have a shot this year, though. Even with what you're seeing with that offense, that's why I'm actually bringing I mean, this the up. The Falcons to, are really bad. I, I got you, you that, right? but your team also scored over 50 points. Yeah, well, they scored so, 47. And then they had pick six, make it 53. I, I don't care. I don't, you like, scored over 50 points. Yeah. I mean, again, like the Falcons are bad. They can't create Got a pass you. rush. Their We're entire on the secondary has been all, the, the Tennessee Titans had 500 plus yards of offense. Oh, we game. didn't talk about their game because I said it was going to be turnover central. But my thing is, dude, your Texans really have been showing something on the offensive side because the trade seemed like they have worked. And your defense. It doesn't matter. If you hold them under 30 points, guess what? Deshaun Watson's going to get over 30 points. I would assume so, but I don't think That's they, the thing I don't, with yeah, me and you. Again, but they don't play like that every week. And look, the Tensile trade from the from the way that you're setting it as, of course it's a great trade for this year because they give up nothing. I'm setting it up that they way. Gave up, I am. They gave up zero players for this year. All they gave up, though, is for next year. They gave up two first-round picks and a second-round pick. Those players don't play on this team this year. Those players play on the team in the future. And the problem with that is that you're, you're saying up your, your team to be, it's all Deshaun Watson, nothing else. Because you, you're pretty much putting yourself in, in a spot where you can't add any cheap talent, and now you're paying Watson $35 million a year. And how are you going to fill out the rest of your roster? You know why I bring up this point, you're though? You're stuck going 8-8 eight and eight unless Watson is you know, an MVP candidate. It's this season. easy. What, did they, uh, what is Cleveland looking to do right now? What do you mean? They're looking to trade Odell Beckham. What did they trade to get Odell Beckham? A first-round pick. No, no, no. What else? Uh, that was all. They traded no, no, no. They traded their pick. best offensive lineman. No, they trade him for Olivier Vernon. Either way, they that traded was in their, the same trade. Hold on. They traded their best offensive but, lineman, did they? Okay, no, but this is the point. This is the problem with the argument. One, they didn't trade him for that, and also the Browns' offensive line hasn't been that bad. It's on Baker. Well, wait, it's been it's terrible. On, no, it's though. on Baker though, and we talked about half this two weeks half. ago. Half and half because like of him escaping the pocket instead of Baker. him saying it. Look, listen, you and I are both half and half on this when it comes to the point. The half that I disagree with you where it's showing where Cleveland gave up a piece of their offensive line in order to gain another weapon when, in fact, the Houston Texans did but the they opposite. They didn't, though. They gave up, a, they gave up draft picks they gave to a get weapon, back though, home. No. Because you gave up Clowney. No, but we're, no, again, the Browns didn't trade Zeitler for Beckham. They traded picks for Beckham. 
Zyler was traded for Olivier Vernon. Those are two separate trades. How is that working out? Uh, it's more the problem with that their offensive play calling is bad, and Baker's well, that's in all of pressure. You know what? I'm the sorry, offensive line's not the problem in Cleveland. I still think the offensive line is not doing him any favors. Yeah, it's not because great, I'm literally. But it's but like what I like, told you last there's like, time. There's like maybe twelve. There's maybe like ten offensive lines that are going to win you a game. You and I. Whoa, whoa, and wait, the, hold and the on, Browns hold. don't have that because you and I agreed on one thing, on. though. Whenever it came to Baker being sacked as many times as he was, the moment you got to three is the moment he was hit. He only had Three's two. He's a lot of seconds to throw the ball. Yeah, but there is quarterbacks in the league that have three. No, the aver- his name is Jared the, Goff. The average time to throw in football is like two point four seconds. Yeah, that's but that's only because Brady brings it down. I mean, it's going from you take every <laughs> snap, you take the average. Of I'm it. sorry, but I think that the main point that I was trying to establish, and this is also a poll question, dude. I think that Deshaun Watson has greatly benefited from the Tunsil trade. Of course. I'm not arguing that at all. you seem like that you're against it, though, is my kind of point here with this. Again, the point is that you're locked into this team pretty much. I like this team, team. damn it. I am with this team, damn it. This is a team that was the most mediocre team in football until they played a This is my shot for an all-Texas Super Bowl, and you're poo-pooing on this. Again, they were 2-2. They had point differential of zero. I hate you so much. This is why you're the worst fan. Again, I'm just saying, like, yeah, the Tunsil trade, Trey's great this for this it's year. It's benefited. The Matt, of course, but yeah, again, okay. yeah, for this season. But the problem is the future for You're it. Like, and then in addition to that, like Max Sharping's a very good left guard. You don't think they'll Howard's be able to figure it out? Bill O'Brien's a genius right GM. What are you talking about? Again, He's I, a cap again, savior. Again, the whole point is that yes, the Tunsil <laughs> trade's been great for this season. I can't even hold that together. But yeah, I mean, like, again, the Tunsil trade's been great for the season. I don't know. You, you're talking future that it's yeah. not well. For me, I'm talking this season. It is great. Yeah, and that's they, where I'm at because I'm not like you where I'm looking so far in the future with this team. I'm looking at the now, and the now says, guess what? I kind of believe in your team, dude. The AFC Championship with how many teams have been knocked off with injuries right now. You have a damn good shot. That's my point to you. I, I feel like... This team is better than I expected it to be, and then be yes, and then, that's what I for wanted. sure. That's all I I'm wanted. Ne- and I've been saying, yes. that, I've okay, been saying cool. that all along. Cool. This team's a lot better than I thought it was going to be, uh, but again, like they were a mediocre team. They were playing mediocre until they put fifty points against a crappy Falcons team. The Falcons are one of the five worst teams in football right now. But and again, like yeah, like putting a lot of points you against to the bad competition, teams though. Putting, yeah, scoring a lot of points against bad teams is is what good teams tend to do. But again, it doesn't, sure the Dallas like I'm, not, Cowboys I'm not expecting them to be a crap. Super Bowl team now just because they beat the Falcons by a lot. And you're locked into a team that is what? Maybe getting go, maybe is going to play one, two against the Colts for a playoff spot and maybe lose in the divisional round. I'd and then you don't have picks so, next year. Oh, this is bad. You think that you would lose to the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, no, I don't know yet. I don't know. Oh, okay. That. I'm actually but really. Again, are you excited for that game? Because I feel like you're just going to yeah, be going crazy. I think it's in two weeks. It is. But I think. again, but they have to beat. KC or they have to be in uh, New England. They've never done that before in this iteration of it. Andy Reid always outcoaches Bill O'Brien. Bill Belichick always outcoaches Bill O'Brien. And so like, they're, they're locked into this team that can't beat these two teams. And so, yeah, this is like the big game of the year because for them to get past, they're always stuck by, you know, this is it. Uh, I don't see it this week, though, just because they don't run block very well. And like Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde's been like really effective. Uh, Duke Johnson's had some good, has some big runs, but like unless they're using Watson's runner a bunch, I think they're going to play shootout. And Kansas City's just better than everybody else at playing shootout. I disagree with you only because it, 
I'm with you if Tyreek Hill plays, but if he doesn't, then I easily have the Houston Texans winning this game, and it's only because I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is going to be that healthy. That man's ankle looked banged up, and it wasn't just There's hit There's enough one. drugs they can give him. Yeah, I know, but He'll it was hit twice. And, yeah. That's what my kind of my main point is, where if it was once where his guy just hit him, I get you, but it was twice where he just... He was seen limping the entire game. You can only do that for so much where it really is going to affect, for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, the mobility. And that is the big factor where he gets the big play. If he doesn't have Tyreek Hill this game, I don't think he has the big play. I don't think Pringles get open. He doesn't have the mustache. I mean, the Texans secondary isn't very good. Like, I mean, the, I this got game, you. Like, Houston's pass rush has to be awesome, and they have to hold KC to 30 points. Kelsey's the only one that I think like, go is going to destroy you guys. Other than that, though, I don't see any of their receivers. I don't like really their receivers. I'm, like, not a fan unless it's Tyreek Hill. Denard I mean, Robinson, he doesn't have the extra step that Tyreek does. Pringles, he'll be a great slot guy. And, okay. I mean, okay. Again, the Texans secondary is hasn't been stressed enough I know, you hate your team. Year. It hasn't been stressed enough this year. The only thing that really attacked it was the Chargers. And Keenan Allen had, what, 200 yards receiving that game? So you think Honey Badger has two interceptions or just I one? I hope he has seven. <laughs> I really hope so. So I have Kansas City winning 34-30. Uh, they're four and a half point favorites. I would pick them, you know, according to our picks and everything else we've been doing this year. I guess you could say I have the point spread, but I have actually Houston Texans 31. I have the Kansas City 27. I yeah. mean, Kansas City's too banged up without Tyreek. And I didn't like the limping off the field with Mahomes. I didn't. Well, I mean, I even think the Chris Jones injury is more important than. I know, I know. You think awesome. Chris Jones, but again, Honey Badger. <laughs> All right, so the next game we have here is the. Is football in the UK? You know, this is my thing UK. about these games. The last thing I want to do if I'm in England is watch a football game. Like, watch an NFL game. Yeah, by the way, you it's know It's the what? last thing I want to do. I want also another thing that kind of pissed me off from last week. What the hell? Wasn't there a game in London that didn't start till noon and it yeah, pissed me off? Chicago-Oakland. What was that? Noon. If you have a game in London, you start at 8 a.m. Yeah. You start early for a reason so that whenever I wake up, I have a football game. Well, this game's I, at That really pissed me off. Yeah. I was really upset. Well, and also you have Chicago playing Oakland, and Oakland's the home team, and you're going to ruin the homecoming by sending that game to London? Yeah, and it's also like, oh, we're going to wait till noon to show them. This is BS. The NFL should have known better because now nobody is going to watch that London game. They're going to tune into their regular team. God, the NFL is so stupid sometimes. Well, this game is an A. By the way, are you wearing a Bills t-shirt? Of course. (laughs) What do you mean, of course? Josh Allen, he's back. 14 points against the Titans. He had like 71% completion percentage. They had some bad fumbles. They kind of you are wearing a score. Buffalo t-shirt in yeah. front of me right now. They're the best. I hate you so much. My two favorite teams this year are Buffalo and Tampa. That's good. I'm glad it's <laughs> yeah. not the Texans. God, I hate oh, you. Speaking of the, t- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the UK game is Carolina against Tampa. The Panthers are two and a half point favorites. So Ooh, that's weird. Tampa Bay, they're... I thought they would have a higher variance as a team, but they're not. They're like the ninth most stable team. This is what I still don't like about them. They're 23rd in pass attempts. They're ninth in rushing attempts. Uh, They're averaging 3.9 yards a carry, which is 24th. And their schedule was like really tough, and then it's flipped and has become easier. They have the fifth easiest schedule from this point out. But their passing offense DVA is 12th. Their rush offense DVA is 20th. And they're just 
they're still running the ball too much. And they did that against New Orleans, too. Um, Jameis in that game, he only attempted 15 passes, or he only completed 15 passes for 204 yards and two touchdowns, attempted 27. They ran the ball 22 times against one of the top, you know, five run defenses out there. And, like, he was sacked a lot, and they had problems with all that and whatever. Mike Evans got goosed by Marshawn Lattimore. Like, throw the ball downfield. Like, whenever they don't throw the ball deep enough, they're going to have problems. And uh, it's like, I was, that was kind of what happened last week with them. It was very, like, an unenthusiastic performance against New Orleans. All right. So I know you're trying to build up Tampa right now to make it seem like that you've been right all along about them. I picked them But it, here's my thing with you, because this is actually what's been bothering me. And you have paid attention much more to them than I could ever. Probably Godwin, 99% of the Godwin and Mike Evans. What is, is that just a Juju and Antonio Brown thing, you think? Or do you believe that maybe Jameis doesn't care about Mike Evans anymore and he's more of a Godwin guy these days? Because the Mike Evans thing, dude, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, La- and Lattimore he's such just, a big guy yeah. that Lattimore, I, yeah, goose egg, never. Mike Evans is way too big for him to have a goose egg against Lattimore for me to believe that Lattimore is that good of a corner. I just can't ever do that. You can't commit. He has to be half the size as Evans. I mean, I think he has like five ten, right? Five eleven. I think he has like five inches on him. That's what I mean. But, that doesn't make well, sense. So he had three targets. I think really what happened is that they're just running Evans deep, and they has another safety covering that part of the sideline. And Evans is like he's he's not the best like short route running wide receiver. Like, you don't want him running slants. You don't want him running, like, quick outs. You don't want him running drags and sort of thing. And so it's like he's the big play guy, and then you have Godwin who can kind of carry the offense in the other way. I mean, really the biggest problem with this offense, though, is that O.J. Howard is just a bad football player. And okay, happen. you are really still against O.J. Howard yeah, at this point. Like, and just let you know. Like, I he's am, always holding. He can't block. He can't get open. He can't catch. Passes go off his thing. hands and are picked off. I, I mean, like, you went into the season, everybody though. did, believing that O.J. Howard was going to be something. Yeah. That this is his breakout season and be one of the top tight ends of the league. And now you are blaming him for a lot of the Tampa Bay struggles. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just, they just, they're missing like a third receiving option. God. And, you know, like Barber and Jones are fine. They're okay pass catchers. Uh, and Goblin's awesome this year, like, especially in the slot. And they also have that other really tall receivers, like 6'3. He was like undrafted free agent caught a pass since Los Angeles, which is kind of funny. Uh, but they just need to throw the ball more. So this game is interesting just because the Panthers have the fourth best pass defense, but they're 28th in run defense DVOA. So it's like, okay, so the, the Tampa needs to throw the ball downfield, but they're playing a team that's tough to throw the ball on. It's like, so here we go after all that. It's just me Tampa running the ball out probably. And that's probably I the best I don't want to watch this, and nobody wants to watch that. Which also at the same time, so let's. I'm gonna reverse uh, fields here, Carolina. I'm gonna yeah, touch on this. Turn ships. I mean, well, gonna I was gonna reverse around. field. Well, that was I said that right. I'm gonna reverse field yeah, here. Now we're gonna turn the ship around. I don't want to turn the ship around. I like, Tampa, I like going where I'm going here. Okay, McCaffrey, CMVP. I think uh, I think he's the best non-quarterback in football. Do you think he's the best running back in the league? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're you're on that ship. You think that he is really the workhorse. You think he is better than Kamara. You think he is better than Zeke. You think he is better than Saquon. Well, for yeah, for this season. So he has 105 rush attempts, which is first. Uh huh. He has 587 rushing yards, which is first. Second rushing touchdowns. 84 long run, which is second. Before you continue, doesn't he have more yarded, uh, more scrimmage yards than Kamara and Zeke combined? I don't know. He has 866 yards from scrimmage, which is first. 
He's caught 31 passes on 39 targets for nine yards a catch, just 279 yards. Um, he's averaging 5.2 yards a carry, which is seventh. So, like, you never see a guy who runs the ball that often has and has the same amount of efficiency that he has. And, like, his, I love watching him run slow motion, too, because his feet are just amazing. And he's also, like, so good at not taking on tacklers head on. Like, there'll be two guys coming to tackle him, and he goes in between the two and falls down. Like, you never see him take a big hit really all that often. Uh, Los Angeles got some big hits on, but since then, like, he really hasn't taken very many brutal hits, too. I hate to say this, and again, don't like quote me on this or look this up or anything like that, but he reminds me a lot of like Ray Rice type of thing of just how big the body is and how you just go through the line. And it's not a, a wait and pace, like I'm going to then touch here, touch here, like a Le'Veon Bell type thing. It's a, like you said, I'm just going to get under you and I'm going to get the yards that I can. And just to let you know, it's four to six yards each and every single time. Yeah, it's five point two yards every time. And, but and then I'm going to shoot you out to the side. I may throw you just a little slant. I may throw you just a little out pass or a screen. Either way, McCaffrey is a guy that once he touches the ball, he gets the yards. That is just something I really wasn't expecting this year. I won't lie to you. I'm kind of thrown off by this because I, mean, he I was thought awesome my last year too. Like he was like but Matt, the best running back in the league last year. Matt, here's my thing with him. I never expected him, and knock on wood, knock on wood, I never expected him to hold up like this. I never, yeah. for him to be a workhorse, for him to just, you're going to get the ball every single time. You're going to be MVP of the NFL because you are going to be that guy. You can never, ever convince he's, me of he, that. This is the third year he's done this, though. I, I, like he's again, done this I for three seasons. It's, just, it's insane yeah, to it's, me. It's insane he's this good. Like, and Tor- Nor- Norv's done an awesome job of like getting And that's really space. what it is. It's I like Norv Turner's offense. He's a wide receiver, too. And like, I'm still sad that like we're not going to get Cam Newton and more of offense because they were so good for eight weeks last year. Man, I was right all along to uh, say it. I mean, they were awesome last year for eight weeks. Also, the thing with McCaffrey that's really fun, too, is that for this game, you know who has the best run defense in football right now by DVOA? There's no... Ooh, Tampa Bay there, does. Ooh, it's only because you throw against them because you have to. Yeah, but like on a per rate basis, like they have the best run defense in football this year, uh, all right, <laughs> which is so, absurd. All right, so well, and like they right. have they have Sue and they have Vitavea and they have Nasib, and uh, and also last time these two teams played, Shaq Barrett three sacks, four quarterback hits, and was like unblockable, just like using spins and rips. And they had Dennis Daly start left tackle last week, and nobody knows if Greg Lewis is going to start or not because he had a concussion injury. So that's another thing too. But it's like so you have McCaffrey going against the best run defense in football. You have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that shouldn't run the ball, but is playing a game where they should run the ball. And then, uh, and then on top of all that, like I really like Tampa Bay's interior too, where it's Jensen, Kappa, and Marpet, and they all have like long hair and they're disgusting, like enormous sweaty bellies. And uh, so that's fun too. Isn't that what you want though? It's kind of more of like a team camaraderie. What is it? Camaraderie? Yeah, camaraderie. You You're what it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it even. I like that they're the Either Buccaneers way, like, and they have three bu- like real life Buccaneers in the interior. And that's the whole thing. It's more like we have our pirates here and we're about to go after you. But I think that's what's making the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so much fun right now is that even if you're a Tampa fan, at least you can see hope because Bruce Arians has turned a team where Sure, they've made improvements in certain areas, but it's still like the same offensive 
Yeah, it's all like I it's mean, just same guys that you've always had, and it's just he's taking them to a next level here. And isn't it just the funniest thing where you were on their bandwagon, and now I will never let you be I on mean, that I bandwagon because you're a big phony. I still think they were no, make no, the you playoffs. jumped off. I want you to understand. You, you jumped off, finish. and they drove you, by you. You let me finish talking. No, I won't let you cause because you waved by, and no. they said bye. No, no, everybody waved bye to each other. <laughs> uh, no, but again. They, I picked them to win eight games this year. They're two and three right now. And they were so boring to watch the first two weeks because they wouldn't stop running the ball. There it now is. they're throwing in their fun. Um, so I have, Car- I have Tampa Bay winning 27-24. So, no, I mean, I have Carolina winning 27-24. I was about to say I'm yeah. a little bit shocked, but I actually have a little bit different here. I have Tampa Bay 31. I have Carolina 24. I don't think Carolina and with Allen, I don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. Yeah, he hasn't thrown the ball. He didn't, uh, well, that's they, where I'm at. Also, that's where I'm really they, at. It's also the offense, too. Like, last week in Jacksonville, they just didn't push it downfield. Like, Norv's like, we're going to take advantage of... You didn't of, have to, and I get it, they, but They, were, they just, just wanted to take advantage of Jacksonville's linebackers, and they're like, they're worried about their pass rush, their offensive line injuries, and then McCaffrey ran for 270 yards, whatever it was. Um, I got you, I, I and I get it. I just, yeah, I'm not... I'm not a real believer when it comes to this week, only because I feel like you're going to have to put up points, and I don't think Allen can do it. Yeah, I don't know. I think he can't. I mean, he's done before. He did against Arizona. He did it one week. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about San Francisco, Los Angeles, because I think this is the most interesting game this weekend. The 49ers are 4-0. Los Angeles is 2-2. Two and two. Like we talked about last week, like I still don't understand San Francisco anymore than I did before, even though they beat Cleveland, because Cleveland's just like they're bad and stupid. Uh, and like they beat them thirty-one to three, but again they beat Tampa thirty-one seventeen. They had two pick sixes that game. They beat Cincinnati forty-one seventeen, and they're going they're going to beat up on teams of bad linebacker play. The Rams have good linebackers in Littleton and Matthews, and then also with uh, with Fowler as well too. They beat Pittsburgh twenty-four twenty because Pittsburgh had a red zone fumble that they turned to a touchdown, take the lead, and they beat Cleveland thirty-one to three last week too. And uh, but I feel like after this week, I'll have some idea what San Francisco is. Because uh, last week, I, I still don't have a feel for it all whatsoever. You're full of it. You're not going to have any type of impression that you wouldn't have had anything different than last week because last week should have showed you, which I told you this, where San Francisco, for me, actually proved they're a contending team. And I think it's just But because Cleveland's bad, though. Cleveland one, doesn't know who they are. Yeah, they've been one like, of the five worst teams, That's what it comes though. down to. You think Pittsburgh's good with a third-string quarterback? Oh, but that's not their Tampa fault, Tampa wasn't playing well yet. Oh, I see. Cincinnati, now we're making excuses. But they had well, Cincinnati, two, they had two bad the Red Rocket games. blows up on the launching Cincinnati's pad. Cincinnati's 0-4. It's like, I, they haven't beat anybody really yet, though. And this I, is, like, finally a tough game. They're playing a well-coached team. We're like, this is, I think, finally a shot where we can measure so if San Francisco's good or not. But I don't think the Rams are good. That's what you're wanting me to say right They're now at the same time. They're at least mediocre, if you want to say that. But they, okay, okay, they play, enough, they play like, slightly above average so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, played yeah. Super Bowl contender, but they played slightly above average. Okay, okay. If that's what we're saying, then sure, but I'm on the same page as you. But even that's better than the other four teams they played so far. Like, slightly above average is the best team that they've played. I think Cleveland is slightly above average. I think that Cleveland and the Rams are no different than each other, and I think the game that they played against each other showed that because the Cleveland Browns should have won in that game because the Rams, all they wanted them to do was give away that game. I don't think they're really any different than each other, which is why... I don't agree with you because even if they beat the Rams this week, if we're saying that Cleveland meant nothing last week, then beating the Rams this week means nothing. It's the same team to me. I don't think so. Well, and like also the problem with that, I mean that Rams, Browns Dallas game, Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams, 
Cleveland Browns. Matt, I don't know the difference between these three teams. Well, I, just, I think the difference is that Cleveland's just bad. Like they're talented, but they're bad. They're just they're playing awfully. But you, like, think they, it's you can't point. I think it's coaching. I think it's Mayfield is was overrated after his rookie year. And he's uh, it's it's the whole pressure thing. Like the majority of that's on them. They're not creating enough easy throws. Do you think it's more of everybody else in Odell? No. Okay. Like, right. but like they're not using Odell very well though. Oh, not at and all. Like but they're just like forcing whatever not, they can. And he's not getting open one versus one matchups enough too. But the funny thing about San Francisco is yeah. they're they're playing like how Los Angeles played last year. They have the We're best. The they have the best running offense in football this year. Uh, Garoppolo, he's thrown 114 passes. That's 30th in football. Uh, he's seventh in DVOA. He's averaging 7.4 yards in ten. But he's not having to do a damn thing at all. They're they're leading the league in rushing attempts right now as well too. And he's just he's just game managing completely. Before you continue as well, do you think though that San Francisco and this is where I agree that they are the exact same teams versus San Francisco this year versus what the Rams were previous years? But do you think that with this San Francisco team that they have a better defense than what the Rams have ever had? And if so, that's what makes the 49ers even more dangerous than what the Rams I, look like. That's where I, just I am at with this team. I'm actually a believer in the 49ers. If you can't tell where I'm going yeah, with this. Well, you were saying about that last week, too. Like, like, I the just, Cleveland game is going to matter a lot. That, that's where I'm at, and that's where it showed me. Because, again, if it's a close game and Cleveland played as bad as they did against the Rams, Matt, I'm with you a thousand percent. But it wasn't a bad game. The 49ers demolished them. Yeah, yeah. Where they were saying, you can figure out whatever you want to figure out. Guess what? We already know what we're going to do. But the Titans demolished like, the Browns, too. That's... You know what I mean? That's like, besides the point that the Titans do this. I can't say anything. The Titans did this last year against New England. I don't understand the Tennessee Titans, oh yeah, they, Matt. They, just, they, they did sense. it against Dallas and New England back-to-back weeks last year, for God's yeah, sakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um... Well, the, so San Francisco's defense, it's been good because their pass rush has been good this year. Nick Bosa has three sacks, nine quarterback hits. And actually, like, Eric Armstead's finally done something. Like, going this year is like, either him or Solomon Thomas, you know, two top ten picks. Like, one of you guys has to do something. And Ar- Armstead's only has been pretty good. They haven't got much out D4, but he's driving back in coverage a lot more than you'd expect, too. The really the biggest difference about San Francisco's defense is they're forcing turnovers. Remember last year, we talked about all summer, two interceptions last year. They have seven this year, and they're second in the league in interceptions this season. Is that good? Yeah, it's a big difference. And so I think some of it's just regression. Bosa's been spectacular. And then uh, Buckner's very good, and they're getting some from Armstead. And, like, Lorenzo Alexander can run all over the field too. So, yeah, like, the defense is better than I think Los Angeles has been, but their run offense hasn't been as good as Los Angeles has been previously. Um, And the Rams' problem is that, well, Gurley may not play this week. He has a he has a quadriceps injury. Their running offense hasn't been the best run offense in the world at all anymore. Before you continue, hold on. Gurley has an injury. I thought yeah, last, he may not play this week. That's weird. Only because last week uh, he was pissed off. Yeah, he has a quad injury. Do you agree with how the Rams? And I'm sorry to interrupt though again. But do you agree with how the Rams are kind of using Gurley? Where last week the man was hot. And he was pissed off because they didn't put him back in the game when he was going like eight yards per carry. Do you agree with that? Because you know why the Rams are doing it. They're trying to save him. Yeah, yeah. You're, they're not doing it to be an ass. As much as Gurley may believe that, do you agree with how the team is handling him? Or do you kind of agree with Gurley's point where I'm healthy, put the man in, let him run? I agree with it until they end up three and two. And then it's changed there it is. things. And so, like, they can't use – I mean, because that's the way I do is you want to spare them until the last month of the season or so. Yeah. And now you're not in the same situation. Uh, and so, like, with Los Angeles, 
Like we talked about this summer too. It's like before they extended golf, and I wouldn't have done that. We talked about that, like how we we wouldn't have done that at all. Who knows? You know why do it? Most you still have another quarterback in the league. You still have another year left on the contract or whatever, and you're just doing it from like a confidence perspective, you know. So this year, Goff has thrown the ball 222 times, which is the most in football. It's time Matt Ryan. Um, he's thrown seven touchdowns, but he's thrown seven interceptions, which is the 27th, which is 27th. They're 15th in pass DVOA. He's ninth in net yards in attempt. And so, like, Goff is fine. Like, he's been good, but it's just the mistakes. Like, there's too many mistakes out there, and he's thrown the ball too often. And at the same time, like, they're not – with the interior losses they've had, their running game has been as good. And I think they need, like, use Malcolm Brown more often. He even hasn't been getting that much carries. And they're just – and, like, the defense has dropped off from, like, mediocre to below average. Eric Donald's phenomenal, but he's not making plays in the backfield. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like, Sud not being here. And so now they're not having that double team at all. He's not, they're not, the running backs have, are having to lay a little bit longer because they're just cutting away from him immediately. And uh, he doesn't have the box score numbers he had last season on whatsoever. Like he has one sack. Clay Matthews is six sacks though. And they're all because of Aaron Donald. So uh, I came into this a whole podcast saying, kind of agreeing with your point about Aaron Donaldson being like, you know what? He just hasn't been able to do anything this year at all. My God, he's, where? He's awesome. What are we even watching? No, he's awesome on did the field. You, did you see the it's meme, though? the box scores. There's a meme where it's, what is Aaron Donaldson even doing on the field? And it's three guys that are surrounding him. Yeah. It's three guys that are blocking him. And I get what everybody's saying. Where are you? Why are we not seeing the production that we saw last year? But it's because, like what you just said, the fact that Sue is not there is really hurting him. He doesn't have anybody else where somebody can pay attention to, so he is the only guy that they want to pay yeah. attention to. So when three guys are surrounding one human being, guess what? It's hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. Like, no matter who you are, he's not going to be able to break away. And I want to talk smack about the Rams overall entirely, but I can't talk smack about Donaldson this year because I feel kind of bad. Yeah. yeah. Like when I see pictures and photos and the game of that, you just can't blame a guy. And you telling me the stat of Goff throwing as many passes as tight as the most as Matt Ryan. Yeah. I am laughing so hard right now because it just shows Goff is terrible. And he may be. Uh, no, he's, he's good. He's not boy, terrible. Boy, he's not $35 million good. This is my playing. question to you. And it's this easy because we just brought up the stats. Who would you rather have, Matt Ryan or Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Whoa! I'd I've go watched, the reverse. I'd go I've the reverse there. I've watched every Falcons game. Like, Ryan has been good this year. I, I'd go, oh, I agree with you on that. But I'd go Matt Ryan over Jared Goff. That's also a good poll. Put it on the poll! Well, I guess the thing is, like, do you want to have Matt Ryan on the books for two years or Goff on the book for five? I'd rather have Goff. But, like, that that a, one's tough. I don't want to talk about Matt Ryan. I, talk, fair, I thought fair. way too much about him last gotcha. week. Um, so, I have San Francisco winning 24-20. And it's because Gurley's probably not going to play. If Gurley was playing, I'd pick the Rams to win. I very similar score, except I have 27-24 San Fran. But I definitely have the 49ers winning this. So the line, is, okay. And the line is Los Angeles 3.5. Ooh, so, you know, when it comes to the points, I guess you could say I'm Rams. So we have, well, we have time to go in-depth in one game. Do you want to do Detroit-Green Bay or Minnesota-Philadelphia? Let's go Detroit-Green Bay. Let's right. touch on this. So do you think the Detroit Lions are a good football team? I do. They're two one and one. I do. They, uh, they, 
they had two fumbles on the goal line against Kansas City. One turned to a touchdown. They tied Arizona, even though they were up by, I think, two and a half scores in that game. That's where I'm sorry, but I think Kyler Murray kind of is somewhat of a decent player. I, I hate to say it. I thought the man would be too itty-bitty. However, he knows th- how to play with this. That's what man. it is. Like, I he was just say the itty-bitty down. man is smart, and he knows what yeah, to he, do with yeah, his itty-bitty body. He reminds me of the little dog man in Small he, Soldiers. It's so like he good. He looks like an I action figure on the field. I never realized how good the man is until whenever I'm watching the highlights and the way he slides. He was a baseball player. I go, USOB. That's exactly what you kind of can work with both of them. But he knows what to do to protect himself. Yeah, he doesn't and take And he that. has to. He's and my size, for he, God's sake. He's sakes. taken 21 sacks this year, but he hasn't. Really taking 21 They're sacks. not hurt. They're not and hurting so, yeah. sacks. And then, like, Cliff Kingsbury is like, look, we're not going to be good this year. Just go down. We don't need you taking bad hits to try to win games your rookie year. Three years from now, he may take some bad hits. Because you you can't take 21, like, lay down sacks like he has if you're trying to, like, win football games, you know? Well, yeah, exactly like you just said. It's all about, hey, I if you, we can win this game, great. If you can make the play, wonderful. But don't you dare sacrifice your body. Yeah. We're not making playoffs here. We're not doing anything. So if you're going to get hit, just go down. Don't try to do anything else. I think that's a smart route to go. And I, if he is that smart already, the, the kid's going to be good. Yeah. Like, I just – I never realized that a guy can have that type of mindset, especially coming to the league, a.k.a. Robert Griffin III. Oh, my knee and leg is not going to hold up. I should probably come out. No, my bone is sticking out of my leg. Let's do this. <laughs> well, that, I think that was more on Shanahan being an awful man. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, true, too. I mean, Detroit's just entirely better this year. Oh, yeah, let's jump So, in there. offense, they've jumped from 23rd in DVOA to 17th. They're fourth. They have the fourth-best passing offense DVOA, 27th uh, running offense DVOA, which is surprising considering how much money they put in their offensive line, carry on Johnson. Their defense has jumped up from uh, from – 27th in DVOA up to 12th, and their pass defense DVOA was terrible last season. And, like, the biggest thing that's happened with the Lions are two things. One, uh, Daryl Bevel, the former offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, the famous, you know, throw the slant, uh, red zone interception, don't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, offensive coordinator. He has Matthew Stafford throwing the ball downfield. Last year's average depth of target was 7.2 yards, which is 32nd. This year it's 11.1. And he's throwing the ball plus 2.1 yards over the first down marker. And he's throwing nine touchdowns and two interceptions. And like Stafford's like decisive. He's reading zone coverages a lot better. He's in the ball quickly, winning with his arm. And again, like he's throwing the ball downfield. It's not the stupid like, uh, it was Lombardi's son, Mike Lombardi's son. And then it was Jim Bob Cooter's offense where it's like, everything's three yards. We have Golden Tate. Jim Bob Cooter. We have Cooter. all these yard after catch guys. We're going to throw it short all over the field. And that grew stagnant, old and tiresome. And so... They changed that again this year, and you know, Stafford's been awesome. Like he's no longer the least valuable player in football at all anymore. But do you think that's more of like maybe it was all in Stafford's head, or do you think it's that the, it was the offense? Well, but do you think that maybe he now finally has the weapons he's comfortable with, or it's do you actually just thing. be? So you think it's they really the offensive coordinator, and that finally yeah. he's getting kind of the free reign to be able to, hey, dude, it's cool. He's doing Throw what he did in the beginning parts of his career. Yeah, like okay. he's just, like he's, so you're more a believer in just the offensive style yeah. and the offensive coordinator. Okay. They're, they're giving the chance to make throws and maximize his arm strength that they weren't doing previously. So you, do you believe, though, that it's more of Detroit being able to score points now with that offense, or do you think that defense is really the real deal? Because for me, I think that's where Matt Patricia has finally shown that he is a little bit different than other coaches where he does have a specialty. He left Bill 
to branch off, which is what a lot of New England guys have done, but they are not able to sustain themselves. A.K.A. Bill O'Brien. But... And, like, Mangini yeah. and Romeo Cornell. It's just... And the list goes on. I mean, there's a whole graveyard. Like, like there's one of the small towns in New Mexico, like there's 30 people. There's a graveyard. There's like a graveyard with seven people in there. That's, like... The New England. It's all New England now. Yeah. Ex coaches. Daniels went to Denver and was bad for a year or a yeah. year and a half. I thought he like bailed and then he came back. Well, yeah, oh he, no, that he was Indy job. That was the Indy job. Either way, though, whenever it comes to Matt Patricia, I will say he is the one coach out of all of them where that side of the ball seems like that it has greatly improved out of anything else when it comes to Detroit, which is they're holding teams. What they did against Kansas City was impressive. They tied Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray was just damn impressive. Well, and they, and they went up big just, and like you give you, they're a good team you cut, though. Like, whenever you go up that big too, like that sort of thing can happen, you know. Well, it was bad because that's where Matt Patricia played the game of. I just don't want to lose the game. Yeah, I'm a player. Nah, you can't play team. that. Don't play that game. Yeah. You're too soon to play that. Yeah, and there was like a whole second half to go exactly. to. Exactly. I mean, really, the only player they added for Stafford was Hawkinson, and he had the concussion. He he made up play this weekend, but yeah, I mean, like this defense is 12th in DVOA. And the guys they added last year have been good. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is the two cornerbacks they added, Rashawn Melvin and Justin Coleman. Coleman's been awesome. He's been a top five cornerback this year for them. And they even have Darius Slayton. Like, you know, he's been beat sometimes, but he's still good. Dude, he's top five in the league. Uh, Coleman's been better than Slay's been this year, though. Ooh, if that's like, the case, then they like the have top, the ball they have top eight in cornerbacks. No matter what the argument is, it's top eight then. Yeah. They have two of them. Yeah. Like that's that, I mean, that's just the way, like, it's been five games. There's been four games in Detroit's case, so who knows if Coleman can keep his production up. But I love watching him punch the football. I bet Kansas City, and they forced three fumbles just by punching the football. Uh, but Coleman is second success rate. Rashawn Melvin's 15th in success rate. And uh, they're, I mean, they're both have just been awesome out there. And like they're playing a lot of man coverage, too. This isn't like, oh, I'm turning right down the sideline and like forcing guys out of bounds. So they're, I mean, they're playing man coverage out there. So then let's reverse here. Do you think that the Green Bay Packers are going to be doing anything different then? Or do you think that the corners are just too good where they're not even going to risk passing the ball to Allison to, uh, was it Scandal Valdez? I don't yeah. know what the hell. Marquez, he has three different last Mar- names. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Thank you. Well, oh, wait, is Adams coming back this game? No. Okay. So if Devonte is going to be out this game, I, oh, is this the Aaron Jones show once again where that means that Detroit's then run defense is going to be able to have to step up because Aaron's not going to throw the ball downfield. And just to let you know, let's touch on the Dallas Cowboys a little bit here. Aaron Ron, Aaron Jones, I'm sorry. Dude, what he did last week against the Dallas Cowboys was disgusting. Well, uh, yeah, He had that, four touchdowns, Matt. Yeah. He had four. It, the game reminded me of exactly of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Rams last year in the playoffs. There was nothing different in the games for me where you just the, you knew what they were going to do and they're going to keep doing it and they're going to get yards. I can't believe that Aaron Jones looked the way he did. And just to let you know, the man was dancing and laughing on the sideline. Oh, he, he, he was, was like that from the very first play, too. I hate him. He was, and he is from Dallas. Right. This SOB. He says that he loves to play in Dallas just so he can throw in the face of all of him. Dallas. Yeah, whenever you hear that, you're like, okay, I like da- well, that. In Dallas like, coming the- high school and all that. It's what, his favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm not going to hate the man for this. Yeah. Uh, well, in that game, too, like he was better than the Cowboys inside linebackers. And they blocked the second level so well that game, too. All right. So, again, as a Cowboys fan, I'm going to throw this out to you. Matt, who's looked better in the past two games? Aaron Jones in one game. 
Kamara in one game or Zeke. I think Zeke was going. I think to have, Zeke's been overshadowed. No, I thought he was going to have a great. He was going to have a great game, and then they fell behind. They had those two holding penalties that pulled back those good runs he had. Like Elliott was about to have a great game, and then he got like the whole like. That's definitely the game where if you're playing Madden and the first quarter happens, you're pissed and you restart it, and then it, the, you turn it back on again. The game was so frustrating for me as a fan, and I hate that we're going to keep going on this, but I have to. So I hated where the Dallas Cowboys brought themselves all the way back against the Green Bay Packers where it was 10 and a half minutes. The defense just got done stopping Aaron Rodgers, and then Dak gets the ball back with down 14, and the first play that he does is throw a pick. Yeah. When all I said was, you're down 14, you have 10 and a half minutes left. It's okay to finally hand the ball off to Zeke instead of looking at your playbook and saying, oh, the only thing we can run is Hail Mary. Dude, that is a young offensive coordinator that doesn't know what to do whenever he's down by points. Kellen Moore had no plan B, and this is also where I'm going to then tie back in to the Green Bay Packers. Malafleur, I'm impressed. I'm impressed, man, all around. Be- well, but Aaron Rodgers has stick to the game plan is why I'm kind of telling you. They're like the, they're the most balanced team in football right There now. it is, man, and balanced. I never expected and it, this. And it makes sense just because they don't have the receiving talent. And like I think in a weird way, too, like Devontae Adams getting hurt. Has you think it helped? helped? In a way where like he can develop like a better repertoire with you know Allison Valdez scaling, especially with his improvisation plays where nothing's open, Rodgers leaves the pocket, and it's like, when I do this, you just take off towards the sideline, you know? And I think that's going to be very helpful, too, for him. In a weird way, it's like, yeah, it sucks now, but I think it's going to help him off later on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Packers have had the best, have had the most balanced offense. Rodgers thrown 7.3 yards an attempt. He has a completion percentage around 63%. Six touchdowns, one interception. He's top 10 DYAR and DVOA. And he's not throwing the ball a ton either. You know, they're just very balanced. As a guy that owns him in fantasy, I know for a fact he is not throwing the ball very much and it's hurting me big time. I know nobody gives a crap, well, it, but seriously, I am so angry right now. My, my favorite thing about that Dallas game, too, because against Philly, they had two turnovers in the red zone. They had that ball to the two-yard line. They threw four passes at four incompletions. Then they threw that interception in the red zone, and that's why Philadelphia was, was able to beat them. This week, it was like, oh, we're just going to run the ball. We'll just run with Jones. We're not doing it. Jones he, is going to get four it. It doesn't matter. So that was cool. It was like LaFleur kind of learned something there, too. But the best decision LaFleur made was keep Mike Bettine as the defensive coordinator. Usually, whenever you have a new head coach in, they he replaced. fires everybody, replaces everybody. So the Packers passed defense this year. They're fourth in pressure rate, eighth in just a sack rate. They have 15 sacks this season. They're fifth in pass defense DVOA. Uh, Jair Alexander is a second-year player. He's a star. Kevin King's been awesome as well, too. They're able to play a lot of man coverage with those two. And uh, Smith, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith, 10 and a half sacks, 12, 21 quarterback hits, 34 pressures. Uh, I mean, even like, L. Collins had a rough go against against them. And, like, Zadarius Smith just, like, went right through Fleming, and Fleming really stood no chance uh, against either one of them as well, too. And so, like, Detroit's offensive tackles are Taylor Decker and Ricky Wagner. They're good but, like, I mean, they had problems against Kansas City last time they, they were playing. And uh, that's kind of like the matchup here for it. It's Green Bay's pass defense against the Lions, um, against the Lions passing offense. Like, whichever one you think is better is probably going to win this game because the Lions offense is going to be – or, I mean, I, I guess whenever the Packers have a ball, they're going up against a very balanced, you know, Lions defense where I think Green Bay is going to score 24 points or so. And so it's going to be up to their pass defense, I think, too. I think that's the matchup in this one. I think it's just easy for me, kind of going back to your matchup here. 
if Green Bay Packers were to pull this out and they were to win the game convincingly once again with Aaron Jones, or maybe not with Aaron Jones, maybe with Aaron Rodgers, because there's just so many damn Aarons around this team. But either way, if they were to win kind of handsomely, kind of confidently against the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, if healthy, even without a receiver, Devontae Adams, is going to make the freaking NFC Championship. And I hate saying that, but Matt, where's their confidence then gonna kind of be like hurt? Where are they gonna be damaged? I mean, it's it's again, it's five weeks though. I got you, but we've already well, seen how much things changed already this year. But the only time that things change for me is if a big injury happens. Which again, if they are healthy, if they have Jones, if they have Rogers, Matt, I just don't see it. I I mean, I think they're gonna run into problems whenever they fall behind because of their rec- the receiving talent. And also, like, but Le- then you have Le- Rodgers to bring you back, again, which is kind of the I point. Under- I understand all that, and also like Lafleur has been a bad offensive coordinator before. And like, I don't even think this offense How is. Dare bad. you? They're only averaging like twenty four points a game. Like, it's not like this but offense. They don't need to average more though. Just, yeah, it's been a very balanced attack, and so I think it's just kind of like I'm not all the way there. Like, I think like I said, I'm the, there with the entire this NFC. Team I win. think that you can kind of lump them all together. I have no idea what's going to happen on those four teams. So then you're not really a believer in Detroit is kind of what you're saying. I think Detroit's good. Okay. So with this game. I don't think they're great. Wait, wait, wait. This game this week, is it going to show you anything with either team? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, we've already who seen would it show you more of? teams. Whoever went, like, who would you rather, like, win just so we could show you, be like, this team is who I really actually think is the real deal? Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't really think like that. Why do you think like that? Come on, man. Each week in the NFL means everything. That's what makes the NFL so great. I mean, so like two weeks later happens and then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but when it comes <laughs> to winning records, because here's the whole thing. It's all about whatever your remaining schedule is. And especially when it comes to this week with these two teams, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Do division wins mean everything? Yeah. Especially with this division. This division is a gauntlet. Oh, my yeah, Lord. This is kind of awesome to finally see a gauntlet for a division where Matt. It was, I mean, it was tough last what year. What other division has this though? And still, Rogers got hurt. Uh, what other division though? I mean, like the South, like everybody was two and two at one point. The yeah, NFC, the God. NFC Dude, South but nobody was really believes tough last in, year. Like, I'm talking about good teams where people are like, "Damn, I mean, this that, team can make it." Well, that was the AFC West last year. Chicago, Green Bay, Detroit. Yeah, it's really That's good. Nuts. And Minnesota. They have a top five defense. Kirk Cousins. Oh, let's touch on that a little bit well, here. No, we need, I need them to. We need, oh, no, can I just we say need, this? Let's make our pick. Can I just say that I need Kirk Cousins to win wins? Yeah. I just want to believe in this. There's, I just need to say it out loud so that it's in the universe. That's all I need to say. God, let me say it. Uh, so what's your pick for this one? So for this one, I actually. <sighs> all right. So for this one, I'm going to pick the Detroit Lions because I feel like the Green Bay had two big wins already. They're not going to have a third. Detroit 27, the Green Bay Packers 23. Yeah, so the old, the old gambler's fallacy right there. I have Green Bay 24-20, but I would, I'm picking Detroit with the points down the lines for. So I would. Oh, okay, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Let me kind of reverse this. So you have Detroit. Oh yeah, I'm gonna say De- I have Detroit too with the pick. But I'm gonna say Green Detroit twenty seven. I'm gonna say Green Bay twenty two. Okay. I'm gonna do that just so I can have I think Detroit's gonna be the main winner here. Yeah. Well, I don't and even believe. if even Detroit lost by three, you'd still win. Yeah. I I'm I'm a believer in this. I feel like Detroit's my team here. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think I think Green Bay wins mainly because they're at home. But it's gonna be fun. Like Detroit's <laughs> yeah. a, a solid football team and 
the Packers run defense is bad, and the Lions run offense should be better. And uh, this is like the game the run offense needs to get going for them because like all the pieces are there. Like Pro Football Focus always says their run deep run blocking so good. Those stats and the run offense is always really because it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the run offense is. has been bad all year, and so this is this is a, a very important matchup for it. Um, and then I guess Minnesota real quick, just if you want to make a pick, Philly are Philly is. Uh, or the Vikings are three-point favorites at home. Cousins has been just as bad this year as he was last year, and which is pretty much the same as he was the year before that. I have Philly winning 2013, though. Minnesota 35, Philly 21. I need Philly to lose this game so bad, and I believe in Kirk Cousins. And can we? I just want to touch on this, though. What, what happens to Stephon Diggs? Before the end of the season, is he traded from the Minnesota Vikings? They won't trade him. Ooh, okay, okay. So you're there. Yeah. For me, I think he is traded. I just don't think it's to a contender. That's yeah, where I'm at. I don't think they trade him. Well, like Stefan Diggs was like football good last week. Like he got Thielen open a ton. Let me ask you a question: Would the Arizona Cardinals trade for Stefan Diggs? I don't know. Would that be fun? No, where they knew Let's have some pick? fun. Let's have some fits and digs. I would love it, dude. It sounds like it sounds like a brunch. It sounds like some awful brunch commercial. Oh, you know what? I'll have the fits and digs. Yeah, I'll have uh, grape from mimosa and the fits and digs. (laughs) Dude, that's so awesome. I hate it so much. Let's do it. Uh, No, I mean like Diggs got Thielen open on like four of his catches last week, and and that was a big part of why they're and like they play off each other so well. Be like, I wouldn't want to play Minnesota. You're not getting catches. It's about to get really cold. You have to play with cousins. But it's kind of like with like Fuller and Hopkins last week. Hopkins has 14 catches. I I mean, uh, Fuller has 14 catches. Hopkins has eight. But like, yeah, Hopkins got Fuller open like nine times that game. You know what? And I so think, they both play off each other really well. You know what? I think the real issue is when it comes to Minnesota, and this is not even their fault, dude. What Diggs and Thielen should really be mad at? It's not Cousins. It's sorry, Dalvin Cook's so freaking good. Like, I'm really sorry that he was injured and you guys got all the targets in the world because we didn't have a run game. And again, I'm not a Cousins guy. I just, come on, that's really what this I mean, comes down like to. Ha- you get the ball to Dalvin Cook and he's going to run. He gets a 50-yard run and you're just like, what are you going to do, throw the ball now? Well, no. They're also a better run-blocking team than pass-blocking team. And like Cousins is like the most e- mediocre quarterback in the league. I agree. I and think he's I the think, definition I think of it's going to end with them, and they're paying him $30 million to do that. I think it's going to end with them losing week 17, though, like it does every year. Every year, baby. Um, so to recap, last week we both went 1-3 and three with our picks. I'm 10-7 and seven on the year. You're 8-9 and nine now. He, uh, Kansas City is a four-and-a-half point favorites against Houston. I have Houston. I have Kansas City 34-30. You have Houston 31-27. Uh, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Carolina is two and a half point favorites. I have Carolina 27 24. You have Tampa 31 24. Philadelphia, Minnesota. The Vikings are at home. They're three point favorites. I have Philadelphia 2013. You have Minnesota 35 21. The 49ers are playing the Rams in Los Angeles. The Rams are three and a half point favorites. I have San France 24 20 because Gurley's out. Um, you have San Francisco 27 24. And then Detroit Green Bay, Monday Night Football. The Packers are at home. They're four-point favorites. I have Green Bay 24-20, but I'm taking Detroit with the points. And you have Detroit 27-23. Yeah, that sounds all about right. Yeah. By the way, one and three last week for both of us. It Good was a rough God. week. Well, and, and what are we even doing? The thing about the picks that are tough is like, I w- these weren't the picks I would make if I was actually betting, but these are the <laughs> games that we're going to talk about. You know, you know what? I feel like that's where we're both on. So I got you. Because it's, it's like 
not like we're not making best bets here. We're just talking about the games we get over. Seriously, I feel like another poll though should be before we end the show. You should never wear a, a Buffalo Bills shirt around me ever again. The fact that you are wearing this shirt still with a freaking smile on your face. Ba- so okay, God, I hate I've, you I've so a, much. I have a Laramie Tunsil shirt in my room too. You know what? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, two. let's get two. on the same page. And I got baby. my old lady shirt too. I can't I'm good. Dude, it's a Buffalo Bills yeah. freaking T-shirt. That's They're the wearing. best. Uh, that Titans game was so much fun. Oh just my like, God. I mean, because the Titans would be tough and mean and strong, and the Bills were just like, oh, we're just tougher and meaner and stronger than y'all in every way. It was fun. <sighs> they would have beat New England if he was healthy the whole game. I will give he that had to him your right boy. Where he wanted I, I will give he that to your boy right toy. Your boy toy was ready. Yeah. All right. So that's our show for tonight. We may do a, an actual like 45 minute Chiefs Texans preview. It just depends if BFD is able to. But if anything, We'll be back on next Sunday night to talk about the Texans. Kansas City Chiefs game that's at 12 o'clock Central. So until next time, my name is Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Red Radio. And thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. Go see Joker.